Australian Broadcast Radio, a centenary celebration. Hello everyone, today is November 1st and we mark our first of 23 interviews today with our special guest, Spencer Housen. Spencer Housen is an influential and widely known presenter, currently with 4BC and popular with his time at the ABC. He's been in the industry for over 30 years and has helped influence many listeners and students such as myself. Today, I sit with Spencer and hear what he has to say about Radio's history and his own. Here's what he had to say. Right, so I'm here with Spencer Housen, someone I'm very familiar with, obviously, and as we, if you listen to the intro of this little series, my father is very familiar with as well. Hello, Spencer. Hello, Stu. <laughs> um, and hello to your father, Lord Julian. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lord Julian of Tambourine now, actually, as well. Yes, yes, yes. Does he actually own land in Tambourine like um, he did in Boona? I suppose he probably yes, does. He does. So he's, he's okay, well, Lord Julian of Tambourine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> excellent. All right, well, I'll, I'll press on. Yes. So I wanted to say, Spencer, you're quite a household name, especially in the sort of southeast Queensland, Brisbane area. You're definitely a household name. You've won awards. You've influenced a bunch of people, like myself. You've got your own Wikipedia page. That's sort of uncommon. Not many people can say that. Do you reckon it's been a challenge to sort of have that fame, for want of a better word, or, you know, sort of that coverage? I don't know that I ever consider that I do have that level of fame. Right. And, and you might say that because you grew up, thanks to your father, listening yeah. to me on the radio, <laughs> and, and we've known each other for a number of years. Every morning. But to be... When I was number one in Brisbane, I had typically about 13% of the audience, sometimes a bit higher, sometimes a bit lower. Right. When you, so when you're number one and you've got 13% of the audience... I used to always bring myself back to earth by remembering that 87% of people are not listening to me. So So it's not something that I've struggled with. I'm not like, you know, Matt Damon, who turned up at the Acro game Mm. recently and has to wear a cap and sunglasses (laughs) and whatever. I mean, you are now, currently. I'm currently wearing a cap because we're sitting on on our deck and I'm not going anywhere today. So I've showered, but... In case you were taking photos, I thought I'd put a cap on because my hair's a mess. Um, but look, I, I've been lucky in that sense, I suppose. I, I've been I've been well enough known that I've been able to enjoy success on radio, but I've also been sufficiently anonymous, really, walking... I can walk around Interpilly Shopping Centre and yes. maybe one person will recognise me, but <laughs> I, it's not like I'm stopped every five minutes, so I've been lucky. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, it's funny you mentioned your success in radio, because I thought um, I had a bit of a, a sticky beak into the old history there. You've won quite a lot in terms of the radio sort of sector. You've been the most successful breakfast host for years. In terms of ratings, you've been the most successful show over your course of your history at least 45 to 50 times. Times, which is a lot, I feel like. Considering that, and I realise you said it's only 13% of your sort of total listenership, oh, the total listenership of, you know, South East Queensland, but was there ever sort of a pressure to perform? Is there still a pressure to be like, look, I used to be the best, and I've considerably been quite good. Is there a sort of mark to still be that good? I always feel pressure. I always um, put pressure on myself, and um, that's just proof that we are sitting outside that truck that went past. Yes. And I'll keep talking so you don't have to do an edit, so it won't be a difficult edit. <laughs> Look, I, I've, when, when we went to number one the first time, which was at the end of 2006, right. that's when things changed. Because before then, internally at the ABC, we used to say, our oh, ratings don't matter. We're the, we're the ABC. We're, we're not chasing ratings. Mm. And 
when we were number one, suddenly it was like we tasted blood and we wanted to then be, and suddenly ratings were very important. And I think ratings should be important for the ABC, mm. not because you're trying to get more advertising revenue, but because you're justifying your, your, your use of taxpayer money. If you suddenly go from being number one to being number five or number six in the market, then rightly questions should be asked. So yes, the pressure was on and I apply that pressure to myself now. Now I'm doing weekends on, on 4BC. It's always harder for a talk station to be number one during the day or on weekends. During the day and on weekends, people want music. So I've had to temper my, my own expectation. I, I certainly don't expect to be number one doing a weekend daytime yes. shift because I, I just can't see that happening in Brisbane. I think Brisbane's always got to be a music station, a music city mm. during the day. But the ratings came out today and I get nervous when they come out. I haven't had a proper look yet, so, I, mm. uh, um, so I'm still a little bit nervous and I'll, I'll get to them once we've, once we've finished. Yes, but I think, I think applying that pressure is a, is a healthy thing. Yeah, I think it's kind mm. of like a healthy competition sort of prospect, I suppose. Um, speaking of, I suppose it's just, uh, it's interesting because you've had a lot of different uh, sort of aspects that you've done over your life. For example, in 1991, well before I was born, you were 19, so well before I'd achieved anything as well in that sort of relative age. You were the vice president of, you know, the Queensland Radio for the print handicaps and you left in 1993 and after a, just a mere 26 sort of year holiday I suppose you came back and were president again for two years my thought process being it's such a long time your gap was longer than I've even been alive is that not to make you feel old hmm. um, is it even sort of describable to see how different things either work or how you know the industry sort of changes and how those sort of things are marred by 26 years of difference good question and because uh, I think if you're if you're continuing to work at something, you sometimes don't notice change, like the frog in the boiling in the water that's that's boiling away, and the frog doesn't notice, and suddenly that it's too late. Yes. But having left for RPH, and then I, I had my ABC career, and then after that went back to to what we then changed to reading radio, changed the name to, to lose the word handicap because it's not yes. used anymore. Yes. Um, yes, I saw big big differences, and the main one was around technology, I suppose. I mean, what where radio hasn't changed is in its personal connection and I particularly love live local radio mm. and and that's just not changed in the in the hundred years of radio but but the technology had changed so when I was at 4RPH in the early 90s we would record onto reel-to-reel tapes mm. and a lot of what we did was live but we would record as well so that the programs that we did could be replayed during the night or replayed well not actually during the night that's I'll come to that point <laughs> replayed maybe the next day or a couple of days later sure. when I went back to reading radio in, 90, in 2019, um, everything was computerized. So that was the, the big difference. Mm. And being computerized, they were still doing a lot of live local radio and recording it, but on computer, and then it could be replayed in the middle of the night right. because you didn't need someone to be sitting there to hit play. It yes. was all programmed into the, the playout system. And then COVID hit, and I was president when COVID hit, and that's the a challenge, surely. Well, Scott Black, who was the station manager at the time, I, I uh, dips me lid to him because in no time there was no everything had to be done very quickly, and the whole station, as we did with Phoenix Radio at, at UniSQ, yes. everything had to suddenly be recorded in people's homes and then inserted into the playout system. And and Scott Black, um, who was the manager of Reading Radio, kept that station going with live, some live but mostly mostly slightly pre-recorded um, but local programming 
Oh. And we wouldn't have been able to do that if COVID had hit in 1991 or yes. 1992. I don't know what we would, we just wouldn't have been able to. We, we might have had to set up, to, um, gosh, I mean, even even um, getting the signal from someone's house to the radio station back in 1991, you needed to use a Telstra line, like a, a, a souped up phone line. Yeah, right. And um, you had to book it through Telstra. <laughs> and um, they had to, if you did an outside broadcast, Telstra had to turn up with the cables and you know it was a big deal whereas in 2019 when Scott moved to reading radio online he was using clean feed or using zoom um, I'm not exactly sure which software he was using yeah. but that, that that's the main difference in in those 20 however how many years you said it was cool. 26 <laughs> yes but the but the the heart of the of the radio has not changed the heart of, and to use that station as an example it's a station that turns the printed word into audio for people who either are vision impaired or can't understand the written word mm. that hasn't changed that had not changed in 26 years the station's almost 40 years old mm. and that has never that has not changed that fundamental Connection, human connection turning the printed word into audio is exactly what it was back in 1984 when the station started. Excellent. Well, it's funny you mentioned before, you said the heart of radio, because that sort of leads into what I want to ask next about how you might present. So obviously you've not just been a radio host, you've had a few different things over the course of your career, like you've obviously been a system manager and a program quality advisor for the ABC and obviously an educator. Thanks for that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Do you reckon that's with the heart of radio in mind and how you've sort of seen things evolve, do you reckon that's influenced how you present stuff on radio, especially during your time at the ABC and now at 4BC? Well, I think that what I've come to realize over time, and maybe this is another thing that has, that has slightly changed, the, the human connection has not changed. The, mm. the, and, and this is why I still love listening to radio, the fact that I can turn the radio on live radio and I can hear something that is happening in a studio somewhere right now and I can ring my mum and say hey listen to this or ring my sister or my wife and she can turn they can turn a radio on and hear exactly that same thing at the same time I love that I think that uh, the, the one thing that has changed is again because of technology a lot of what we used to provide on radio traffic reports weather reports stock market reports cattle prices a lot of that information people can now the news people can access via a, a device yes what they can't access via a device is that human connection so so to your question about what I think about when I'm presenting the main thing the most important thing is being a companion is being someone who is there live in the moment mm. live and local right? live and local <laughs> and and I think that you know stock market reports have pretty much gone from radio for that reason and I think traffic it won't be long before we don't have traffic reports on radio. They've very much really? been the mainstay of radio. Mm. But when I go for a drive now, even if I'm going from my house here to the shopping centre, which is five minutes away, I'll, maybe not if I'm going that short a distance. If I'm going 15 minutes, I'll put the map on on my phone on the, in the car yeah, and it just in case there's a crash somewhere and it'll redirect me rather right. than relying on those traffic reports. So that, that information need has changed, but mm. the companionship hasn't. And I love listening yeah. to the radio. And I love, I love watching radio. Like 4BC, we broadcast, we have video cameras in the studio. And yes, I see your Instagram posts, for example. Right, <laughs> so I've started clipping some of those videos and posting them, and I just love it. In the afternoon, particularly when I'm cooking dinner, I'll put the, the video on and I'll watch the drive show on 4BC rather than listening. Mm. And you might think, well, hang on, is that radio or is that television? Mm. And, and it is radio, but I, but radio. I think because, because the video is there, there's no point saying, oh, it's radio, I'm, I'm going to ignore the video. I'm not going to watch the video because this is radio. I like just having it on, and I'm usually not looking because radio you don't have to look at. Yes. But when something happens in the studio, when, when there's a, maybe a bit of tension between a couple of guests or, 
or it looks like someone's uh, finding something funny, uh, then I'll have a look. It's, that just gives radio what it's not had before, which is just that slight edge. But yeah. that's not the main reason I consume radio. It's it's to be there in that moment with that presenter and their guests or, yeah. or their callers. I think that's a really good idea. Um, in my own vanity question, have you ever Googled yourself? Uh, yeah, I have a Google search running all the time on myself, so I get notifications. Um, Fair enough. And um, usually, it's it's where 4BC has just has posted something about what something that I'm that I'm doing. Yeah, of course. I mean, who hasn't? And I, I suppose so. I um, you know I looked myself up on Facebook and ended up friending a, a Spencer Housen who lives in the north of England who plays oh, right. golf. He's about ten years older than me, and we Ooh. follow each other and we we confuse each other's friends by liking or commenting you know um yeah of course i've googled myself and if you haven't you're like you know if you say you haven't you're lying fair enough fair enough <laughs> all right i've got my last thing here which is sort of the common thread question i've got which i think we will be able to get a pretty decent answer out of which is with your history in radio what would you say you reckon could be used to look at the future of radio and perhaps glean of what might be to come this is something that i'm very interested in and potentially looking into doing some further research myself about because the local radio in particular is um, is expensive it's expensive for the abc to have 50 local radio stations around the country it's yes. expensive for commercial stations to have local breakfast shows all over the country and and local daytime shows where they exist as well so i think that the industry is asking the question yeah do people want radio and what do they want from radio and do they need it to be local when you can listen to radio from anywhere in the world so i'm mm-hmm. i don't know the i, I want to find the answers to those questions. The one thing that I will predict is a sort of combination of Facebook and radio. And Spotify's kind of doing this, but not how I, not as well as I imagine it. And, and it really could be done right now. And that is this curated audio yeah. feed so that it's not exactly live, but it might only be five minutes since um, you sat in a studio and you recorded an interview with the Lord Mayor and then you hit upload. And I'm here in my kitchen in Indrapilly, and because it knows I'm interested in council stories, as soon as it finishes playing the song that it's playing, it brings in your interview. And because it knows that I like to have two interviews in a row, it then finds an interview from ABC Sydney about Doctor Who, because it knows I like Doctor Who, and that's just that interview's just happened, so it puts that in. But it knows that I normally like a traffic report next, and then it knows that I want a song, and that normally at about this time of the day I like a song from the 60s, so it puts yeah. a song in from the 60s. So it creates this radio program. Now, it wouldn't be live live, yeah. so it might not be what I want to listen to, but I think that could be the future of audio it seems like a space for ai to be able to help as well like the future of technology helping to be like okay spencer likes this he likes this doctor who he likes his 60s songs and obviously it accommodates accordingly yeah and and look um spotify's played around with this and i know the abc sort of played around or talked about playing around in this space i've talked about it for years and and i'm i'm absolutely certain the technology exists right now to do it so i don't know why it's not happened yet interesting but you know for a while there we talked about podcasting being the big challenge at a radio, right? So there was just radio and podcasting and streaming music. Well, I'm saying bring bring all three together into a curated experience that is mainly audio. You might be able to watch some of it. The song, maybe maybe when the, the song's playing, it's also playing the video clip if you want it to, if you're listening to it on your Google Nest or whatever, but that it's a curated experience just for you. And that brings with it the problems that Facebook curation and the algorithm brings, of course. Yes. But that's what I think is a, is a future of radio. But I will still always be looking to turn the radio on to hear someone in the studio who is on the other side of town somewhere 
whose mouth is moving right now and what they're saying is going into my ears right now. Live, local radio, forever and ever. Amen. Love it. Amen. Uh, thank you, Spencer. That's been an enlightening experience. Thank you, as ever, for your education, as, as seems to be our trend. But yes, thank, thank you so much. My pleasure. Excellent. I want to thank Spencer for talking to me today and being a part of radio history. Tomorrow, we continue our journey and learn the history of Australian broadcast radio. Until then, my name is Stuart Crichton. Thank you all for listening.